0: This is Tom Fox. For the next series of episodes, Ronnie Feldman and I do things a little bit differently. I pose a question to Ronnie, and he gives us a hot take, and we explore from there. These episodes are a little bit shorter, but they're a lot of fun. I know you'll enjoy them. In today's episode, we suggest you beware of Dr. No from the land of No.
1: Where does creativity fit into compliance? In more places than you think problem solving, accountability, communication, and connection. They all take creativity. Join your hosts, Tom Fox and Ronnie Feldman on Creativity and Compliance, part of the Compliance Podcast Network.
0: Before we get started, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor and we'll be back with Creativity in Compliance. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox and Ronnie Feldman back for another episode. We are continuing our series where we have a headline or a topic, and then we decide, is it worth reacting to? If so, what should be or could be some of the solutions? First of all, welcome back, Ronnie. Hey, good to be here. Ronnie, since I have been in compliance, which is over 15 years now, It has been known as the land of no populated by Dr. No. And unfortunately, that's not the uber cool Sean Connery version. It is the land of business non-development. I know you've heard that before. You've heard that phrase. Why is that reputation so devastating? How can you begin to solve it? And unfortunately, why does e-learning exasperate that problem?
1: Yeah, I start often I often start my conversations with my clients saying, by the way, what's the reputation of compliance? Or hey, if you're at a dinner party and you say, "Hey, I work in compliance," what kind of face do they make? <laughs> Cuz we all there's this sort of this understanding or acceptance that it has this negative reputation, the red tape, the speed bump, the sales prevention team, the Debbie downers, have what have you heard of any other ones?
0: Dr. No from the Land of oh. No
1: Dr. No from the land of no. Hilarious. And as you say, devastating. So I feel like regardless of how cool you are and how good at your job you are and how much personality you have, this is a reality that we have to deal with because these words are loaded. These words have meaning to employees and it's not a great meaning, which means you're not starting from... You're starting from a deficit. In comedy terms, we would say you're not playing to a warm room. You're not a... They're not coming in with an open mind. You have to open their mind before they will even be prepared to listen to you. I actually read a study. uh, It was by a guy named Dr. Rob Cross from the University of Virginia who did this study about basically he categorized people into people who provide energizing interactions and people who provide de-energizing interactions. And lo and behold, all the studies say people like to be around people who provide energizing interactions. They feel good. They're yes people. They offer solutions. And people don't like to be around those who are Debbie Downer's The Office of No. So we have to deal with this. And I think the first thing is to think about your reputation. And there's a branding solution there. They say in advertising and marketing, if you don't like the story, change the story. So I've worked with some companies where we literally don't use the word ethics and compliance anymore. We come up with a fun acronym. We come up with a different way to phrase those words. We come up with different logos. We come up with characters. We come up with mascots, just different ways to put a fresh face on it to specifically vent in people's minds what this office is. So that's an idea. I also want to talk about the fact that the way that we traditionally do things, e-learning this, exacerbates this problem because people also have an expectation when it comes to e-learning and it, that it's bad and that they're like, oh gosh, I can't advance the thing. I'm clicking, I'm clicking, I'm calling someone to get the answer. I'm multitasking. It's It just seeds the idea that it's not important. But yet this is our primary calling card. Ethics Compliance's primary calling card. So... We have this reputation. We've, in some ways, earned it over time by doing bad, bloated, boring training, mandatory training with a finger wag. And all of this serves to create a problem where people don't think it's important and they won't come to you for advice and support. Um, I have some thoughts on what things we can do about it, but I want to get your reactions. What do you think?
0: So... I guess, Ronnie, my reaction is you have been around our profession for multiple years now, and I should maybe even start off. You are very passionate about comedy. You're very passionate about stand-up. You're a passionate guy, and you're certainly passionate about training, learning, and communications. I am equally passionate around compliance, and most compliance professionals I know are very passionate about what they do. So, number one, why can't we as a profession – translate that passion into even explaining what we do at a dinner party, number one? And number two, why can't we translate that passion we have to our customers, our employees that we are communicating with, we are training literally on a daily basis? So maybe that's, I know that doesn't answer your question, but that's observation one. The the learning is, I think, Unfortunately, still a holdover of 15, 20 years ago when it was training by lawyers for lawyers. And people like you have tried to get us away from that, but it's still lawyer run, whether it's out of the general counsel's office, the compliance office, and it's sort of thou shall learn because that's how lawyers learn, thou shall learn. And we're all okay with that as lawyers. It's the civilians out there who represent 99.99% of the world who don't seem to understand, that's how we learn. So maybe it's a combination of both, but it's... And then maybe one thing I've heard you talk about, at least with, since we've been doing this podcast, which is the inherent conservative nature of corporate America. And they it's what you bring to the discussion is something new. And many times they're afraid, because it's new, we can't do it. It's too dangerous. It's too different. What if somebody finds out, oh, my God, we use comedy, we use entertainment. So maybe it's a com- kind of a combination of all three. And maybe you and I have talked about this really from a tactical perspective from for many years. And I know you have as well. And maybe the entire conversation is wrong. Maybe the passion I have as a compliance officer, maybe if we could start with that and then go to someone like you who can translate that into your passion around entertainment. Maybe that's a
1: starting point. I love it. There's a lot to unpack there. There's you, the last subject about we're a conservative coming. I want to do a whole podcast on that, so maybe we'll do that next. But to, to address, the to be the meat of what you said is you said, how can we translate this passion into this is exactly what I'm talking about. And we can When I the, the reason that I started this company in the first place is when you go to these compliance conferences and you have casual conversation with ethics compliance officers is they're very passionate and they have amazing stories. And so the content is there, the drama is there, corruption, bribery, harassment, discrimination, these are meaty, interesting topics, tragic in many cases, but interesting things from which to learn on, very human things that we can learn from. I rail against the traditional e-learning because that, although can it can be interesting and good and is the simplest way to reach the most people, often, often there's not enough money, time, and care put into it to make it interesting and have that passion come through. I'm a big proponent of a couple of things. Less training, more reinforcement. And when I think of things like advertising and commercials and branding, so promote your help and support as often as possible in short, little, interesting ways. So not like these big mammoth once-a-year trainings, these short advertisements that it frees you up to be interesting and positive. And to promote the support system, because that has a cultural impact. You've got to promote that there's a support system, and we've got your back, and there's a sense of organizational justice, and there are confidential ways to report. These are things that we need to do frequently and often, and there's lots of interesting ways to do that if we borrow lots of ideas from commercials. And I think I'm a big proponent of live training because a person can get their passion across and they can tell these stories. Even if it's the way to scale that is you can create podcasts, you can create talk shows. So you can have the compliance officer or even better leadership telling these stories about what happened and their consequences in a very human way. I feel like those are really ways to show off your passion, to show off those interesting stories. And as I say, if you create podcasts and talk shows that literally could be Zoom-style talk shows. Those are scalable because you can record them. And thirdly, I would say we need to provide, honestly, better coaching of the ethics compliance team and of leadership on how to not be those negative Nancy's, Debbie Downer's. Like, there are communication skills that you can do, collaboration skills, workshops, and things like that, where you can actually work on word choice, body language, so that you're not inadvertently being those negative finger waggy people. All of these things are things that are around the edges of our community where I think that they should be brought to the forefront. We mostly start with we got to do our e learning, we got to do our course on this, we got to do the course, and if we have time, we'll do these other things. I think it should be flipped. We should spend all our time showing off our passion and listening to others, training and coaching each other, and getting these interesting stories out so that people know that they have a support system in place and that you are one of the people there to help and support them.
0: So, Ronnie, it's that, a great place for us to end this episode. I hope our listeners will join us again.
1: Thanks for joining us for this episode of Creativity and Compliance. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review.